Today we are sitting down with the 2022 MP50 World Champion Johnny McRae and learning how he was able to secure this title just a few months after suffering a major heart attack. Johnny shares his insight and his stories with us as well as he teaches us why it might be good to fail in disc golf tournaments and how you can learn from these bad experiences to continue to better and improve your disc golf game as well as make sure you Stay tuned through the end of the episode as Johnny gives some amazing advice on how you can become a better putter. But let's get Johnny on the podcast right now. Hello, John McRae here with Team Latitude 64. And we're listening to the Chain Clankers. Welcome in, everybody, to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast, presented by Upper Park Disc Golf. And Upper Park Disc Golf is wanting you to play different this summer. By getting a new Upper Park Disc Golf bag, you are going to be getting one of the highest quality products on the market. You're going to get a bag that can hold plenty of storage and disc capacity. That's a lightweight, made from durable materials. You will not regret it. Use promo code CLANKERS10 to save 10% at checkout today we've got one of the legends in the game johnny mccray is joining us on the podcast tonight to discuss his disc golf journey as well as how you can get better at disc golf tournaments and maybe why failing in your tournaments will actually lead you to become a better disc golfer johnny how are we doing tonight doing great feeling good and uh happy to be on thanks for having me back good to see you yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot has happened since the last time that we spoke on the podcast. And so super thankful that you are able to give us some more of your time here tonight. And so I just kind of want to, you know, recap, you know, what does 2023 look like for you? Are you intending to go to all the majors? What what kind of does your season look like this year? Yeah, I'm going to try to hit everything that I can. There's a uh... Big stretch. I'm getting ready to get, head out west, all the way out to Oregon, and for a couple events in California and Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then uh, I'll be heading out to some other place, other places later on in the year, like Flagstaff, and uh, hitting some other events around the east side of the United States as well. So yeah, I'm getting out and about. I think another one is GBO that I'll be getting out. And that's not that far west or anything, but halfway out there. And uh, so yeah, it's gonna be. So yeah, I'm trying absolutely. to hit some events. I'm uh, I got a little late start this this year, but I uh, think I've played in like four or five events now, and uh, I played in uh, the played in a couple of a forties event, a fifties event, and a couple uh, uh, open events, maybe three open events. Yeah, like what what kind of goes into your mindset for what tournaments you want to play? I mean, you've played so many in your career and have played so many different courses. What kind of is a deciding factor for you to go to X tournament? Okay, well, the uh, 40s tournament was one of the uh, Masters Tour, new Disc Golf Masters Tour events. So there is no open at those events. So that's one reason why I played the 40 event. And then the 50 event was... Uh, at Throw Down the Mountain, which was two weekends before the open event. So I played in that as well. Good warm up, you know. And uh yeah, so that's the event and then I played in a couple of uh open events in Tallahassee and then I played the Throw Down the Mountain and Open as well. And uh the Southwest Florida Open was the other one that I played in the open division. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's been a great start to the season so far. You've got two second-place finishes, a, a ninth, a 27th, and then a, a win at that throw down the mountain. Let's talk a little bit about that. What was kind of your mindset going into that tournament? Did you expect to win that? Uh, well, that was the 50 MP50 division that I played in, so, you know, you can't expect. I guess I, you know, I, I thought I had a real good chance to win it. And uh, first day, I actually didn't play the greatest, and I was actually tied for the lead, so I, I was pretty encouraged by that. And then I played really good second round and got ahead by quite a bunch and then uh, ended up finishing it off in the third round. And uh, so, yeah, I did win that. And uh, so I guess, you know, I I was hoping to, you know. I wanted to. I was going to try my best, but, uh, you, know, you know, just like the last weekend at throw down i wanted to win that you know i wanted to beat paul and all that but that just didn't happen <laughs> not even close <laughs> i think i got i got ninth. not bad though yeah no that's not bad at all and i mean let's talk about something that's not bad at all you know looking just at what you did this year is already looking good but then we look a little bit back at last year as well in that same mp50 division winning the pdga masters disc golf world championships and you're currently ranked third on the global Masters series rank let's talk a little bit about that Pro Worlds Championship there at the MP50 level, you know, you had come back from such a scary injury, a life-altering injury, coming back and winning that World Championship. What did that mean to you? Oh man, it was uh, it was amazing, really. It's uh, it was probably, you know, God sent for sure. He, he was carrying me. Uh, it was uh, amazing. It was, you know. So just to be, it was, it was literally five months after dying, having a heart attack and dying. And then I, I won that world championship. So it was, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I still, you know, just like, I, I can't hardly believe that I really had a heart attack. I, I can't hardly believe that really ha that I won the world championship right afterwards. So, I mean, I was only throwing a disc for what about a month and a half before I won the world championships. And, you know, it's not like it was a, easy division or anything you know what i mean that there's some serious really good players that i beat to win that and uh so it's it's pretty amazing though it's uh you know sometimes just things work out and sometimes you're lifted so it it was amazing there was there wasn't hardly any footage of it there i think there's a uh store around here called local route it might be able to get on their their site and check out some video their uh shop owner he took some video of of the final nine so it was amazing though i think i made like two 60 footers and uh 45 footer or something like that in the last five, four holes or something like that to win it yeah I, was, I think i was down with three holes to go i was down by two shots or no one shot or something like that and so or i don't know what it was it was it was crazy it was it was it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen on hole five, and then all of a sudden it did. <laughs> it was it was like a movie, really. It was, uh, man, I can't even hardly. I don't want to talk too much about it because it'll make me emotional as I'll get out. <laughs> but, yeah, it was amazing. I, uh, you know, to me, I think that uh, I did do a lot of work to get that, and but it was only a month, really, that I could even throw a disc. I was, uh... I remember when my doctor, my cardiologist told me, oh, yeah, you can go out there and try to throw. He said, but you got to 
strap your ace bandage your arm to yourself, your left arm, because I still wasn't allowed to move my left arm because I got the defibrillator in my chest. And, uh, yeah, I was out there. Mm. I was calling myself the one-armed bandit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was fun. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't want to give up. I wanted to... Disc golf actually helped push me to get better. So it was, uh, you know, disc golf is great in so many ways, not just to release energy. It helps you to... to recover it helped me to recover you know what i mean because i wanted to get stronger and you know i didn't want to be end up just with withering away away or anything yeah i i really love that and i really love how you ended that you know not just wanting to wither away and continue to be active i think disc golf is one of the few sports in the world that you're actually able to play up until you can't move anymore physically because it's not in it's not I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, it's not taxing on the body, but it's not like you're playing full court pickup hoops against people. You know what I'm saying? Like you're able to get out, play at whatever pace you want to. You can throw however far you want to. And I really do think it's a great source of exercise movement and just staying fresh. So absolutely love that. And so, you know, going into those final three holes, kind of being at your score, were you all gas, no breaks being like, I'm going, I'm doing this. I'm going to hunt them down and I'm going to win this championship. Or did you even kind of have an idea that you were in it at that point? Oh, uh, well, like I said, it was the seventh hole of the final nine when I, uh, come to think of it, I don't know. I think it might've been like four or five, 60 foot putts. It was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, um, on hole six, I made an, a big putt for birdie to get it a stroke back. And then on hole seven, that's where I got a number of strokes back. And I had, I hit another big one, 65, 70 foot. I don't know what it was. It was long. If you could ever see the video, you'll, you'll see it was big. But, uh, that was one, you know, I tried to make it and I wanted to make it. And I, yeah, I just, that was my day to make it. So I did make it. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was going, I was definitely going for it. I, uh, on hole five that I referred to, that's where I had a little debacle during that final nine. I was just off the fairway, tried to cut a corner, and it pushed me further into the woods. And then I threw it out, just trying to get out of the woods, went back in the other side, and then I'm in the other side behind a, just a wall of stuff, and there's like this mail slot disc size. You fit, fit a uh, UPS package envelope through it or something, and I slid it right through there between a couple trees, made a bogey putt from like, I don't know, that one was probably 50 foot. And then hit the next one, and that right there when I was standing at that, when I got to that putt, I was feeling like, oh, you just lost it. You know, you're not going to have a chance, you know. And then I threw in a 50 foot through a wall, you know, just crazy. And then uh, the next made another big putt on the next hole, and then the seventh hole hit another big putt. And then on the eighth hole hit another putt. And uh, on the ninth hole, I was just like, let's just get this home, you know. Just I threw putters all the way up the fairway, just trying to <laughs> just trying to stay in the fair, in the you know, it was in a on a wooded course, so I was just trying to stay in the gap. I was like, I, I remember throwing my second shot, and uh, I was like, okay, I can, I, I know, I, I was, I think it was two strokes ahead. I was like, okay, so if he gets a three, I get a four, I'm gonna win, you know. So I don't, so you don't have to get you don't have to do anything crazy so i threw the putter up tee and i threw the second shot it's kind of weak but right in the middle and uh then he threw his second the guy that was right there threw his second shot and it wasn't 
real close to the basket. I didn't feel like he was going to make it, so I pitched up another shot. <laughs> and, you know, I was just trying to make sure that I held on to it. It was uh, it was exciting, though, really. I mean, it really could have been a movie like uh, Tin Cup or something, you know, but a little different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to have to look for that footage because I remember seeing you tap out for the victory, but I feel like I don't remember seeing a whole lot of footage outside of that. So I'm definitely going to try to go back and find that after this because just the way that you're describing it makes it sound absolutely le- legendary. I mean, 50-footer after 50-footer after 50-footer. Is that something that you spend a lot of time practicing or is that just, hey, I'm going to work on my 30-footers and if it works from 30, I hope it works from 50? Yeah, I don't hardly ever practice from 50, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? It, it was just, it was my time, I guess, you know what I mean? And uh, it was uh, like that first, that one where I thought on hole five where I thought, oh, you lost it and then there was this one little gap, and I put it right through it, and that I think that started the whole like I can make anything at this point, you know. <laughs> but uh, and that's pretty much what happened, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so yeah, I uh, you know, I practice putting a lot, but I, I, I have, I don't really ever practice from fifty feet. I practice, you know, just outside the circle and ends, because I figured if you make all those, you can you can go for the fifty footer, you know what I mean? But you know, I will yeah. practice. I don't like spend hours practicing on 50 footers like other pe- players might do. I I pretty much keep it just barely outside the circle and in. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll do some longer ones, but it's never like I'm not standing there like I am for hours. Yeah. So how how much time in your disc golf practice do you dedicate toward putting? Is it would you say it's mainly putting focused right now, or or are you in the field more? What 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 do you kind of dedicate your time more towards? Yeah, it's definitely putting. Last few years, you know, I'm uh, so I'm getting a little older and stuff. The driving and uh, I'm gonna have a lot of trouble still with my arm or my left arm because having it uh, still for so long, even though it was already a year ago. It's a, uh, they call it frozen shoulder. So I try to do workouts to work that thing around, but man, it uh doesn't feel good sometimes, you know. So, but it doesn't usually hurt when I'm throwing the disc because I throw backhand, and it usually never hurts when, I th- when I'm throwing backhand. But it will. Sometimes my shoulder hurts when I throw forehands and stuff. So I don't, I don't really practice, mm-hmm. and that's probably what I should work on to practice most because you know if you're if you're smart or <laughs> if you're really wanting to get better, you're going to work on, like you were saying earlier, you're going to work on what you want to get better at. So that's what you should work on, you know, and just like, just like, a, you know, if you can't learn, then you're not learning. But I'm a little old to be trying to get a 400-foot flick, you know what I mean? I don't want to hurt myself like that. So I, uh, I stick to the short flicks and, you know, my fuse turnover shots can work pretty well up to – anywhere up to 400 feet and then i got saint pros that go a little further than that and then i got graces to go even further than that so you know i do miss that low ceiling skip to the right shot that a lot of the pros have you know i'm i'm definitely know that i'm missing that you know so you know i also got a roll or two but it's you know i'm definitely missing shots that some of these guys have that i don't but you know yeah, you keep working on what you can do and doing the best that you could do. I mean, not everybody's going to throw a Simon shot or a Jersey shot to begin with anyway. You know, I'd say pretty much mostly everybody, all of us on the planet aren't going to do that. 
So you just got to find out what you can do and do those things right and practice on those things so that you do those cons things consistently. So I know my limitations, so I stick with them. And they work for me, so that way I'm not trying. Yeah, I, I like I'm that. not trying some crazy thing during a tournament. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm only going to do something I know I can do. Yeah, it sounds like to me it's one of those things, what I'm getting from you is, you know, understand the things that you're good at and you can use that knowledge in tournaments and in league rounds and things like that. And in tournaments, it might not be the best idea to pull out that forehand if you never practice it or that extreme hyzer if you never practice it. You know, maybe stick to the things that you know and you can do well and you can do well consistently and use that practice time or that off-season time to kind of hone in those other skills that you might not be so good at. Absolutely. I mean, this is a little... This was something I used to say after the end of every tournament, you know, because I was playing down here in Florida, so I got beat by Ken Climo a lot. And, uh, you know, every I'd say at the award ceremony, I'd be getting my second, third place trophy, whatever it was. I'd be like, all right, well, back to the drawing boards, you know. And what I meant by that is, you know, if if you want it, you're going to go work for it. You're going to go practice on it, you know. So that's what it's all about, learning the things that you can practice on to get better. And, uh, you know, that's what that's the way to do it friend told me a long time ago that uh if you want a job find a guy that's doing that job and then do something better than than he's doing and you'll get that job simple <laughs> so i like that i like that you can use that you can use that at disc golf right because the question i was going to ask i was going to ask you know having to go against ken and all these other really good disc golfers did it ever discourage you and be like ah, oh, i'm never gonna beat these guys so why go work on this but what i'm hearing from you instead it's a okay i know that maybe kenny's really good at doing forehands i know i'm not going to be better at forehands but he might have a weak putt from 30 feet so i'm going to beat him at the 30 footers and i'm going to work my tail off over there and sure he might be better at me at forehands but i'm going to make sure that i'm better at him at something else is that kind of what i'm picking up from you basically but you want to try to do the same thing he's doing because if he's doing stuff better than you then you're still losing out but that you know the old school days you know a lot of us didn't throw both forehands and backhands so <laughs> but uh yeah it's basically what you should you know it's a whole process of some of the younger guys say you know trust the process so you hear them say some of that and uh that just means just keep working practicing hard that's basically what they're saying is keep working don't give up and just keep you know working every day on your skills and that's that's the way it's gonna work you know what i mean and it's really to me i always felt like the more you practice, the better you're going to stay on top anyway. You know what I mean? So if you are slacking off, mm -hmm. taking days and days and days off, week off, two weeks off, not playing, you know, even though you're a top player, you're not going to feel as confident as, as you're playing every day, you know? So definitely helps. Yeah, even if you can't give it, you know, two hours a day, just getting out there for 10 minutes is something that we'd like to say on our podcast a lot, you know, 10 minutes of putting, 10 minutes of driving, 10 minutes of accuracy, whatever it is, if you give yourself 10 minutes a day, you're probably going to find yourself becoming a lot better disc golfer quicker. And, and so that kind of leads me, you know, when you're talking about after these tournaments, going back and getting into the lab and doing work, is that playing the course again, playing other courses, or is that mainly getting done in the field for you? Um, Everything, putting practice, whatever it was that I felt like, you know, kept me back that weekend or, you know, or, or 
which is always the case is, you know, four hands and, <laughs> and, you know, putting, you miss putts and that's just, you know, that's never helpful. You know, you make putts and that's super helpful. That's, and it's, you know, even for me, I've been playing for so long and, uh, some days are better than others, you know, you know, I don't know if you watched any of that, uh, throwing on the mountain video, but there's one hole I four putted on and man, it's like, how do you think, I think back on it and I'm like, how heck did I do that? But it happened. And, uh, the day before I, you know, I was pretty much making everything, you know, and, uh, then I'm, you know, it's, it happens though. So you got to keep working, keep plugging, find something, find one thing and do that one thing right. I mean, you know, I remember me saying that, but that's a good thing to do is focus on one thing and trying to do that one thing right. So it's a good way to practice, good way to play during tournaments as well. So just like the, you know, aiming at a disc dock. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's that's really good. Yeah, Disc Dot is definitely a very helpful tool. Uh, use those promo codes and s- support your players. You know, you can use Johnny's promo code. You can use our promo code. Ours is uh, Chain Clinkers, I believe, is what ours is. Johnny, what's 9852, yours? 9852, my PDGA number. Yep, and uh, yeah, just but just like the Disc Dots, if you just like, they're such great tools to practice with. It's almost just leading you into thinking, yeah, that's what you should, I mean, it really is what I teach people all the time is trying to do one thing and one thing right at a time, you know, because that's what makes it way easier. Let's let everything else fall into place and you're only focusing in on what doing that one thing right. Let's maybe explore this disc doc topic a, a little bit. I don't think we've talked a whole lot on our podcast lately about it. How how do you personally use disc dot in your training? Okay, so I move them all over the basket. Like, I'll... uh. I have multiple baskets in the backyard, but I'll have one. My normal putt comes in, I'd say, like two to three inches above the basket. So I putt very low, and uh, that the whole idea is for me with the old baskets. You know, I played when there was old baskets, not these new, all these mega chains everywhere. So that's just the way it happened, you know, and the way it started. And <laughs> so it comes in low, you know. And so I got ones low, you know, like two inches above the the uh, top of the rim. And then I put them up high. I put them over to the right. I put them over to the left. And they'll be on different baskets. So one's got a low low one. The next basket's over there to the right, you know. And it's almost like you're trying to put around a tree is what I do on some of them that are out there on the sides so that you're trying to angle it in there, you know what I mean? And sometimes I have some, I got these uh, poles too that I'll set up right in front of the basket so you're putting around it. It makes it seem like you're putting around a tree with a pole, but, you know, same same deal. Yeah, so it's definitely good ways to practice is aiming at small like that, too. You know, that's the whole purpose of the disc dot is to aim small, miss small, and uh, that's a great way to do it because you can actually miss the disc dot where you're aiming and still make putts, whereas if you look at the whole thing and you missed, you've missed. End of story. Yeah, that's true. And are you using just a single dot on each basket? I think my personal setup, I have three in a line of exactly like two of them are on the outer chains and then one on the inner chains of kind of that singular spot that I want to be hitting. Do you just have one dot on there or do you kind of make a little target zone with multiple dots? Yeah, so I got uh, eight full-size baskets in the backyard. And so I got a little, you know, it's a setup kind of run different distances and uh, a little bit downhill, a little bit uphill, you know. And so 
what I do is I got, depending on where I'm putting from, I put the dot on that position. So I have multiple, every basket's got a um, disc dot on it. And two of them have two of them, two dots so that I could take my 10 putters and throw 10 at each, each. And then I throw two, at two of them twice. So it'll be a hundred butts. So two of them have two disc dots, one on each side, because I'm coming at it from a different angle, you know, almost like you had two T-pads at the same hole, <laughs> but coming from different directions. So, yeah, so two of them have two disc dots, and the rest of them have one. A lot of people have complained with disc dot that, oh, yeah, sure, it's good for practice, but it's not like you can put it on the tournament basket. Have you noticed any drop-off in your performance, you know, when going from the practice to the tournament? And, and you know, maybe kind of, I don't know, talk down the myth of when you are then putting without the disc dot. It, doesn't, it shouldn't be impacting your putt at all. If anything, you should be fine. But I feel like a lot of people complain that now that it's not there, they can't make it. You, do you have any thoughts on that and maybe how to get around that mental block? Yeah, my mental block is, you know, it seems like I focus more when I practice putting than when I'm out there putting for like one in a, one putt at a hole each, you know, as we're playing. It seems like I don't focus as good as when I'm practice putting. But as far as the disc dot thing goes, um, the they are great things to teach you, to help teach you to aim small, miss small. And like I said, you can miss your your mark and still make putts so it, it's very very helpful and i yeah during a tournament the disc dot is not there but that's the whole reason why you use it so you remember to look at one link instead of looking just at the basket or whatever it is you're, you might be looking at top of the basket whatever you that's why you want to focus in on that one link that's why it hooks onto that that link so i personally have no problems with it and you know Everybody's different, you know. Seems like you can't please everybody no matter what anyway. But I think they have a great product, and I stand behind it fully. I mean, I think it's a great product, and I use it every day. And if you have purchased a disc dot and you're like, eh, it's not doing anything for me, my challenge to you is you really need to focus on the dot when you're putting, almost as if let everything else in your mind go and just look and try to hit that dot. Because I know... I am a different putter when I focus and look at that putt and when I just look at the pole and try to hit the pole. There's two completely different putts. And when I actually look at the dot, more times than not, I'm actually going to hit it. My putt's going to go exactly where I want. So for me, I think that's one challenge of if you don't think the disc dot's going to work, you need to practice with it, actually stare at the dot, hit the dot over and over and over again, and I think you'll make more of your putts. And so that kind of leads me to ask Johnny, you know, how many putts a day do you think you're getting up? Or if you're a newer disc golfer who's getting into it, how many putts should they be getting up a day in order to actually see some real improvement in their putting quickly? Um, I would say when I first started playing, which was in 1996, end of 95, I think uh, it was like the that summer of 96, I I think I saw something in, a, in the magazine that said most pro disc golfers throw 200 putts a day. And that's pretty much what I do still do today. And when I was younger, you know, I pushed myself way harder than that. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to just be the average disc golfer. I wanted to be better. So I pushed myself way harder than that. And so 
but staying fine-tuned once you have your your uh, you know your stroke down staying fine-tuned with that 200 putts a day is definitely helps out tremendously whereas like like i said if you're not you'll feel so much more comfortable every every day with the putter if you did that if you did 200 putts a day you know what i mean so that's something that i think is like a benchmark i've always used is 200 putts a day and you know it's uh it takes the work you know there's these young guys out there they're amazingly good and they're doing the work and they know that they are doing the work so it's paying off for them so it's awesome it's great to see and that's what it takes you know you got to go out there and put in the work definitely what i'm getting here is that you know if you want to improve at something in disc golf, you have to, have to, have to put the work in. You have to put the time in. It's not just going to naturally happen. And and that kind of, I want to bring up a little bit of your backstory again, Johnny. You know, when you first got into disc golf, were you somebody that was initially throwing 400 feet, cashing all your putts? Like, maybe take me a little bit through, you know, how much of that work did you really have to put in before you started seeing yourself have success at the open level? Okay, so I played, started playing, and like November of 95 played in my first tournament December of 95 started playing pro in September of 96 and so when I first started playing I was I was young I was, well I was well not young I was like 25 or 26 or something and uh so when I first started playing I was I used to play college soccer and all kinds of club soccer and stuff like that. So I was real athletic. And, you know, that time has, was coming to an end. I had a lot of injuries, broken jaw from playing soccer, a bunch of other things, broken ankle playing semi-pro indoor soccer. Played a pro season of semi-pro indoor soccer and only played three games. Second game of the season, I had my ankle broke. And then the last game of the season, I had my jaw broke, which was kind of discouraging. <laughs> That's kind of when I started playing disc golf pretty much after that, you know. And uh, so I, when I first started playing, my brother introduced me to the game. He moved down from Massachusetts in, uh, to Florida, and he started introducing me to the game. And for the first probably almost till we played the tournament, we didn't even go out to a real disc golf course. We just went out to a field by us and just th threw at trees and stuff, and he was showing me how to throw and stuff. So I was actually fairly decent because he had been playing for a while, and probably within two weeks I was throwing it further than he was. So I was kind of a – I mean, I threw Frisbees as a kid, you know, because I had two older brothers that are 10 years and 9 years older than me, and they liked Frisbees, I guess, when, we were, when I was a young kid. So we used to play – catch with frisbees when i was a kid but i never played disc golf till 95 end of 95 so you know we started going to the disc golf course and i was you know i immediately fell into love with disc golf and uh just watching the disc fly to me was amazing and getting manipulating it to go to the right go straight go left i thought it was really cool you know and uh so i uh always just wanted to keep doing it so i live and where i lived I lived like an hour from the nearest disc golf course. So it wasn't like I was coming home from work. I used to do ceramic tile. So I wouldn't come home from work and start driving an hour through rush hour traffic to go over to the nearest disc golf course. 
So I'd just go to that field that my me and my brother used to go throw at trees, and I used to throw there. And then I, I think it was like maybe March, I won an amateur tournament and won a basket. And from then on, I had a basket. So then I started practicing putting, and it was seemed like, you know, I'd come home from work and practice putting for a few hours and then eat some dinner and watch a little TV, go to sleep, go to work, do the same thing. And I was like, I'd do like three days putting and two days driving practice during the week. And then on the weekends, we'd go out to the disc golf course all day, me and my brother. I'd actually say this sometimes when I start missing putts and not doing very well. I'll say to myself, I'll try to talk myself into it because being positive is way better than being negative about it. So I always tell myself, you Johnny McRae, you've thrown a million putts. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you got to, whatever you can do to talk yourself into it, you know. So you don't even need to be good at putting if you can just talk yourself into it. <laughs> I see people all the time. That's true. That, that I see is people true. All the time that, that doesn't seem like they can putt at all. It just looks so ugly coming out of their hand, and then they make putts one day all day, and it's like, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so you just talk yourself into it. You know, it's being positive is super helpful. Yeah, definitely. I feel like having a good mental outlook and being uh, positive with yourself while putting, playing, anything like that, I feel like you're going to have a lot more success. I, I feel like it's hard to, you know, you miss a putt and then you get down on yourself and tell yourself, oh, I'm not going to make a putt the rest of the round. You're probably not going to make a putt the rest of the round. So I, I really like how you put that, Johnny. And, and, you know, you said that you kind of really started to get into it, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, you know, late mid to later 20s. You know, what would you tell somebody in that age, age range now, you know, should they pick up disc golf? Why should they pick it up? up and you know do they have a chance to actually get pretty good absolutely that's a everybody has a chance to get good you know you just gotta put in the work it's uh it's not something that's gonna come easy you're not gonna just grab a disc and be like oh i'm master of of a disc you might it takes might it's gonna take you a while just to master one disc more or less your whole golf bag so <laughs> so you gotta it takes time and uh but you could do it. It's uh, especially these younger guys that have been playing since they were ten years old. It's awesome to see them really shredding it. Stuff they're nineteen and stuff now, and they're just awesome. You know, what I mean, it's so yeah. You could definitely do it if a kid can do it who's you know ten years old to nineteen. You know, a grown adult from twenty to eight five to thirty five could definitely do it. You know, you know, circumstances. He might have work, couple kids, baby. You know less time to to put in the work, you know, but if you love it and then you want it and you will put in the work, you know, just like anything. Really like how you ended it there with if you want it and you want to get better, it's up to you. It's up to your drive and it's up to you to put the work in because at the end of the day, no one is going to put the work in but yourself. And if you want to improve, you got to do things like subscribe to this podcast and you have to put that work in from the things that you learn. Johnny, I feel like I've learned a lot from you tonight. I'm fired up. I still got some daylight outside. So, uh, you know, I know after we get done here, I'm definitely going to be hitting the putting green and, and trying to work and use that disc dot. And so before we do get out of here, where can people continue to connect with you, follow your disc golf journey and, you know, maybe watch some coverage of you this year? Um, Instagram, we're, is, we're doing, trying to do a lot of things on Instagram this year. So posting a lot of stuff on there is a good place. 
Um, it's about time tour is still my uh, thing on uh, Facebook. You can check out it's my tour page, and yeah, it's just uh, you know, pay attention. <laughs> so it's uh, gonna be great out there. I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing some of these things. We're gonna go to uh, Flagstaff for the Masters Worlds later this year, which is kind of exciting. Gonna go to make them sure we go by uh, the Grand Canyon, make a visit there. So that's gonna be neat. So, yeah, lots of cool things on the books for this year and uh, exciting new year. All this new stuff, the Masters Tour, the Pro Tour, everything just getting, it's going to be great, you know. Disc golf's booming. Hopefully it gets keeps getting better and better and uh, moving forward. It's, uh, it's great for all of us, you know. What is the one thing that you are doing right now that's going to help you defend that Masters title? Oh, I am eating healthy. I am getting stronger every day after what happened last year, uh, having the heart attack and everything. I got a lot of messages to people telling me, yeah, yeah, my father had a heart attack and he's doing so much better. He's running now doing all these things. He's healthier. And, uh, all these people tell me, yeah, you're going to get healthier and healthier. And it hadn't seemed like I was going to get healthier to be honest like that. I never felt like I was getting stronger and stronger until just recently. So it's, a uh, Kind of encouraging in that aspect that uh, I'm starting to feel like I'm a little getting a little stronger instead of being weaker, because uh, and um, you know I'm practicing, I'm working, I'm trying to work on my mental game a lot so that'll help me keep keep myself into it and uh, reading books about that and trying to stay strong physically and mentally. So hopefully I can. You know I'm not going to say that I'm going to because there's going to be a lot of great players and. It's going to be a, almost like throwing on the moon over there in Flagstaff with all those rocks everywhere. So, <laughs> But it, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it all I got. And no matter what, I'm going to be proud just to be there and represent. Absolutely. I love that answer, Johnny. We thank you so much for your time here tonight, man, and super glad to hear from you, see that you're getting better. And, you know, that was definitely some scary times when you had your heart attack. So, you know, we love you. We're glad that you uh, were able to pull through and have just – done incredible and continue to get better every single day and can't thank you enough for your time tonight and uh what everyone's been able to learn from you and wish you all the best my man right on you guys check and subscribe to the chain clankers doing good things for disc golf